Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. So we're in this third week of the series called Emoji, and we've talked about the, the angry one in the middle there and the, and the stressed out one there with the big eyeballs. And today we're talking about the one on, the, on your left, the sad face. We're talking about sadness today. And though the emoji is very cute, the emotion itself is actually very, very real, and a lot of people deal with it. Um, those people that would fall in the Gen X category, the, the Gen Xers born between 1965 and 1980, and early millennials, those born between uh, 81 to 90, uh, research has shown that they have the, so far the highest percentage of people who deal with like a constant low-grade depression. And they say that that's only going to rise with the next generation as they move into uh, more adulthood and life stages, that this is just going to increase, that, that science has shown this, psychology has shown this. There's this low-grade depression that's showing up. And I'm not talking about a deep clinical depression today. When I talk about sadness, there are people who deal with with a deep clinical uh, chemical thing going on in their body, and, and it's hard and it's deep, and and they need help. And and I think God has equipped you know people like doctors and scientists to be able to help in that regard. But when I'm talking about sadness today, I'm talking about more of just a kind of a, a low grade level of just this this sense of heaviness, this sense of. Um, you know, not optimistic at all, very pessimistic, if you will. Um, and just this, this feeling of a lot of people that you just can't really put your finger on it, of why you just kind of feel this heaviness, this sadness. Um, and, you, and there's nothing that's really, really wrong, but it just doesn't feel as if there's anything that's really, really right. And this is where a lot of people are. This is where a lot of people find themselves. Um, I love that Justin and them, they opened up with King of Pain as their opening song to kind of gather everyone in together. Because um, if you know that song, I mean, that's exactly what they were talking about. It's just the King of Pain, this, this deep sadness, this deep heaviness. And I think a lot of people are vying for that title of the King of Pain or the Queen of Pain. And, and we walk around, and, and if someone were to pick an emoji to describe us, there's a lot of people that that would end up being the emoji. That would be the one that would say, yep, that reminds me of, and that's where a lot of people are, they find this. There's just sadness, a, a lack of hope, a lack of, of faith, a, there's, there's just a longing for something more. And it seems like a lot of people are just existing in this instead of seeking another way. And this is not a new issue, even though the science shows the generations that are dealing with this right now. This is nothing new. I think if you were to go back, you probably would have found the same thing. I think with an increase in, in technology and, and something that constantly is pulling our mind and energies elsewhere, you're going to find this sense of, of, um, of, of depression, of sadness that people are dealing with because there's identity issues going on and who am I and wow, they seem to have it great and I don't and everyone's putting out this perfect persona and I don't feel like I am and there's this pressure that people are dealing with. But this is not a new issue. And if you go back to uh, Psalm 42, all the way back into the Bible times, the author of this psalm we think is David, and this is what he writes. He understands sadness. He asks the question, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? He understands that a lot of people deal with this and struggle with this. 
You know, this, this idea of, you know, why, why are you sad? Why are you down? Why, are, why do you have this sense of uneasiness? Why, why are you worried? Why, why are you upset? You know, why are the hearts of so many people so sad? And so what I want us to do together today is I want us to look at God's word and see how he answers that question that David asks. How he answers that question I think a lot of us are asking. Why am I so sad? And I want us to hopefully find some hope on the other side of this sadness. So here's a couple of reasons that it seems as if, and it, and it makes sense really, but here's a couple of reasons why people are so sad. And the first one is this, there are a lot of people who are sad because of hurts from the past. There are people who are extremely sad, they're dealing with this heaviness, this weight of sadness because of what happened in the past. And there's a book in the Bible called Lamentations, and it's perfectly named because the definition of the word lamentation means the passionate expression of grief or sorrow, of weeping. And so there's a whole book in the Bible dedicated to sadness. There's a whole book in the Bible dedicated to grief and suffering. And this is what it says in in Lamentations 3, verse 19 and 20. The author is doing what a lot of us do, is reflecting on the pain from the past, and he says this, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time. See, there are things that happen in our life, and they're just kind of burned in our memory. They're there forever. And this is what the author is saying. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. There's the heaviness there. There's the sadness there. That's in the New Living Translation. The NIV says this. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. And this is what sadness looks like, to be downcast within you for your soul to be downcast. And for so many people, there is a present heaviness based on a past hurt. There is a present heaviness based on what happened before. And they're dealing with this and living in this. I mean, think about this for you. Is it true where you you understand when the author says, I'm never going to forget this. This is always going to be with me. When someone really important to you lied to you and it it changed the relationship. When when there was a betrayal in in a marriage or a relationship or, or you lost a job and you felt like it was really unfair the way it all played out, you know. They didn't treat you right. You know, there's this sadness. You're never going to forget this. How many people have had opportunities and they didn't go after the opportunity and now they're living with the regret of that? There's a lot of people that have this heaviness. I'm never going to forget this. This is going to weigh on me. And if you really dwell on it, it makes you really sad. You know, there's people that somebody did something to you and you wish they had not done it. And you're never going to forget it. And it weighs on you. You've got a present heaviness based on a past hurt. So that's one reason why a lot of people, I think, are sad because of the past. There's another reason. If you're following my train of thought here, there's people that are from the past. There's also people that are dealing with the, with the present, that are really sad, that are really downcast, that are really in a place of, of heaviness because of, of what's going on right now. This is what Job chapter 4 says. So here's another book. If you ever want to read about someone who understood being sad and being downcast and grief is Job. And in Job 4, 5, it says this. But now. 
I mean, just right there, but now, not in the past, not in the future, but right now, right now, he's dealing with this. It says, trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. This is talking to Job. This isn't Job talking. But now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are dismayed. It's in the right now, the the right now in the moment. There are people that are dealing with a really heaviness, a sadness on them. This face makes sense because of what's happening right now. And this is where a lot of people are. People are in the present right now going, I did not see this coming. I had no idea this was going to happen. This was not in my five-year plan. If you had asked me five years ago, I would not say that right now is what right now looks like. And this face makes a lot of sense because they're in it right now. There are people thinking, I didn't see this coming. This wasn't on the plan. I, I, I don't like this plan. I thought, you know, oh, I thought when I was this age that I would be doing this. And there's this heaviness and this weight. Like, oh, right now I'm, I'm hurting. Right now I'm hurting. So you've got the people that, are, that can be really sad because of the past. You've got people that are dealing with sadness because of what's going on right now in the present. And then you've got people who are dealing with sadness and the heaviness and grief for what's coming in the future. And who of us knows what's coming in the future? But a lot of people are expending a lot of emotional energy dreading what's coming in the future. And this face makes a lot of sense. Because that's the face they would show you. Hey, show me, the, show me the emoji for what tomorrow holds for you. And how many people would show a sad face? This is where a lot of people are. And we're wondering how we're going to make it through. You know, how are we going to, you know, our bills are rising, but our bank account is kind of going like this, and our bills are kind of going like this, and what's going to happen? You know, what if, what if the, the market takes a nosedive like it did a couple of years ago? Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? There's people dealing with this sadness. You know, what if I get laid off? What if, what if someone gets sick? You know, this, the what ifs of the future. And there's this heaviness and this anxiety because of fear. And so what we find is there's a lot of people who can say, you know what? There's a sadness because of what's happened in the past. There's a lot of people that say, you know what? There's a, I'm dealing with some, some of this right now because of what's going on right now. There's people saying, I'm dealing with this, I'm, I'm struggling with this because, because of what's to come. And this is where a lot of people find themselves, just kind of this low level, nothing's really, really wrong, but, I, but nothing just seems really, really right. Are you really encouraged right now? Are you feeling happy? Feeling, feeling perky? Like, yay, let's... And the, the bad part is, the hard part is, is I think for most of us, we think... This is just the way it is. This is just the way it is. This is it. This is, yes, you, you get sad about the past, and yes, you can be sad about the, future, uh, the right now. And, and, you know, since you're already sad about the past and the right now, you might as well go ahead and be a little sad about the future. And people just think this is just the way it is. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's always been. I'm just going to live in this. And I have something to tell you today, which I think is actually quite revolutionary. I really do. I think it's revolutionary. I think it changes, I think it, it changes everything. And it is simply this. You don't have to live in the sadness. You don't have to live in it. You don't have to be overcome by the sadness of the past. You don't have to be overcome by sadness in the present. You don't have to be overcome by the sadness that, is, that you think might be coming down the road. You don't have to live in it. You don't. 
And to me, that's revolutionary because it's, it's good news for all of us. We understand that feeling. We understand that feeling. Let's look at Psalm 42 again and see how the question that the psalmist asked is answered, how he answers it. He says this, why am I so discouraged? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And here's where it is. This is what we, we think this is David. And he starts to, in, a, in effect, speak to his sadness. Like, okay, I'm sad. I, I'm, it's okay. I'm discouraged and my heart is sad. He, he's kind of putting it out there. This is what it is. I, I'm calling it for what it is. But then he says this. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. He's saying, I am discouraged, I am sad, but you know what? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. This is what David is saying. Yes, okay, I'm discouraged. Yes, okay, the past discouraged me. The right now is discouraging me. Yes, I'm sad. I'm discouraged about the future. Yes, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. This is what David's response is to this. It's not, well, that's just how it's going to be. No, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to put my hope in him. And you know what I see when I, when I read that, when I was looking at that earlier, uh, as I was preparing this message, as I read that, I just was like, Shannon, get over yourself. Stop Stop whining. I mean, this was David's response. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. And this is what I love about this, because he didn't say, I will put my hope in a God. I didn't put my hope in a God that somebody told me about a long time ago. I really don't know a lot about him. I didn't, it doesn't say that. And it doesn't say, I will put my hope in a God and hope everything turns out okay. I mean, David is an active participant in not remaining in a sadness. He says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Savior. My Savior. Not a far off God who doesn't know him, who isn't involved in his life. No, my Savior. He's putting his hope in God. He's putting his hope. He's going to praise his Savior. The one who saved him. The one who redeemed him. The one who brought him out from the depths. That's who he's praising. That's who his hope is in. And notice what he didn't do. Notice what he did not do. He did not expect, and this is where I think a lot of us find ourselves, why we might remain in this constant low-level depression, this constant heaviness and sadness, because I think we do what David did not. David didn't expect for somebody else just to come along and, and take away his sadness. You know, just to come along and make him feel better. You know, how many times have you expected another human being to come along and actually remove sadness from your life? Oh, I just want to hang out with them because they're going to cheer me up. The sadness isn't removed. They might make you laugh for a few minutes. You know, how many times do we do this? You know, David didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't expect someone else to come along and fix him. Oh, I'm really discouraged, and oh, my heart's really sad. I hope, sure hope somebody sh shows up and fixes me. No. 
You know what he didn't do, and I know this is probably a, a personal thing, but you know, he didn't expect a pastor to have ESP and to know what was going on in his life and to just magically show up at his house with, you know, lucky rabbit's foot pastor magic and make the sadness go away. I have to tell you, there's sometimes when I have felt as if people have thought I should know what's going on in their lives. That's why we have these connection cards. You know, he didn't, David didn't say, you know what, this is just how I'm going to be. I'm going to be Eeyore. I'm going to be Debbie Downer. Wah, wah. And that's just who I'm going to be. And that because I'm discouraged and I'm sad. And so deal with it. This is who I'm going to be. He didn't do any of those things. He said, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior. The one who's redeemed him. The one who's restored. The one who's made life available to him. This is what David's response is to the discouragement and to the sadness, which was very real. See, I'm not discounting the sadness. I'm not discounting what occurs that causes us to feel this way. I'm just showing you how David responded to it. And how we might do well to respond in the same way. So we can do this. We can, we can choose to live in sadness. Or we can choose to do what David did. Two choices. We can stay in the discouragement and the sadness. The first two lines of verse 5. Or we can take the other option. What David did. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Savior and my God. The two choices are there. To remain or to worship God and to praise his name. Because, you know, we can, we can uh, when, when we're tempted to look back at the hurts of the past and to feel that, when we're tempted to look at our current circumstances and go, oh, man, I'm just, I'm bummed out about this. When we think ahead and it scares us to death and we, we, we're pretty sure we know what's going to happen so we get discouraged and sad, we, we can do that. We can, we can hang out there or we can dare to hope that God is faithful in our lives. We can dare to hope that God's going to show up. We can dare to hope that God is going to be who he says he's going to be. We can dare to hope in the God that David put his hope in. This is what we can do. When we are overcome with sadness, we can dare to hope. Look at what Lamentation says. We go back to that verse again. In verses 19 and 23, remember how it started. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. Can you just feel that? That, that, that darkness, I will never forget this awful time, burned in the brain as I grieve over my loss. But verse 21, yet I still dare to hope. I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. That's good news. But the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies toward you never cease. That's really good news. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. That's good news. That's good news. When you're overcome with the past or the present, or you're con contemplating the future and you're overcome with this sadness, with this, with this heaviness, you can dare to hope. You can dare to hope in God who is faithful. I'm almost certain there are some sitting here, some who will listen to the podcast later, who are thinking right now, Shannon, thank you for these wonderful words. 
but you have no flipping idea of what sadness is. You have no clue. Thank you for your nice little put-together speech that you just gave, but you don't know sadness. You don't know pain. You don't know my past. You don't know what's going on right now. You don't know the circumstances that are projecting my future. You don't know, so thank you. And I hope somebody got a little bit encouraged, but you don't know. And the reality is, I don't know your pain. I don't know your sadness. I don't know your past. I don't know your present unless you've told me. And I don't know your future. But I do know sadness. From my earliest childhood memories, I've just, I can put, I, I've always had just, a very melancholiness to me. I don't know if that's a word. It is now. Just a sadness. Just a feeling as if I wasn't enough. From, from my earliest childhood memories, I felt that. And then moving into you know, high school and college and, and just drinking and doing drugs and that, you know, the social experiment of using other people. None of you know what I'm talking about. All that did was that darkness, that sadness, just kind of really got a little bit deeper and a little bit darker. In the summertime when my, when my Choctaw Indian shows up a whole lot more, I'm a little bit golden, golden brown. If I were to let you get close enough to look, you would see the scars, razor blade marks on my wrist from one particularly dark and sad moment in my life. I know sadness. If you've been here even one time before today, you know I like to tell stories of my beautiful four-year-old daughter, Mallory. God teaches me about him through her. I think any of us that have a privilege to be a parent understand that. And as much as I love to tell stories of my four-year-old, I should have stories of a 22-year-old to tell you. But I chose to end that child's life. One year before coming to know Jesus, I took my child's life. My first child. I know sadness. I know grief. I know pain. I know pain from the past. So it's not just a speech. I know it. I know what it's like to be sad, not because of what others have done to me, but because of my own decisions. 
I know what it's like. And the crushing weight of the reality is too much for anyone to bear when you really think about it. The crushing weight of the reality of that kind of pain and grief is a lot apart from God. Apart from God, that's too much. Apart from God, that is way too much for anybody apart from God. What I'm so thankful for is that I'm not apart from God. To understand the now as a follower of Jesus through his through his love, through his forgiveness, through his redeeming life, because of his mercy, because of his grace, through all of that, I I know that my God is faithful. I know my God is faithful. How in the world could I stand on a stage with bright lights on me and a microphone and a podcast and tell you about my sadness if I didn't know that my God was faithful? My God is faithful. He's faithful. And I have a choice. I have a choice. I have a choice. I can go back and I can do this. I can, I can dwell on the sadness. Oh, I'm so discouraged. Oh, I'm so sad. Or I can put my hope in God. I can praise my God, my Savior. I have a choice. And I choose to put my hope in God. I choose to put my hope in a Savior. I choose to put my hope in someone who is bigger than my past, my present, and my future. I have a choice. And folks, you have a choice. You have a choice with the sadness. You have a choice with the, with the pain. You have a choice with the regret. You have a choice with the grief. To stay just in that. Or to say, I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to praise my God, my Savior. We have a choice. We all have a choice. We can remain downcast. We can remain in that place. You know, what I love about what what David wrote is he didn't say, I'm going to put my hope in God and I'm going to praise God and suddenly everything's going to be perfect. No, there's nothing in that about that. The reality is that each time I tell anybody about my child who is in in the presence of God now, tears are going to come out of my eyes. It doesn't go away. But my hope is in him because he is faithful. And that faithfulness tells me that I'm going to see that child again one day. That's where I put my hope. And so we can dwell on the past and we can dwell on the disappointments. We can dwell on the horrible decisions of life. We can be overwhelmed by the worries of today. We can just be completely shut down by engaging our mind fully into what may come tomorrow. We can all do this. I think we all, we do this. And the only guarantee in that, the only guarantee in all of that is that sadness will join us. 
The only guarantee in doing any of that is that sadness will join us. But we have a choice. We can remember his faithfulness. We can, we can depend on his presence in our life now. We can, we can look forward to what he holds for tomorrow. That's the choice that you and I have. We don't have to stay this way. It doesn't have to be our permanent face. Two choices. Sadness or the joy of Christ. That's really what it comes down to. The joy of Christ, Drew. The joy of Christ. Remember, when you're, when you're tempted to remain in sadness, I encourage you to remember the faithfulness of God. I encourage you to think back to the time after time after time that God was faithful in your life. When, you're in, when, you, when you feel the, the pressure to suddenly feel overwhelmed in the present, I encourage you to remember the faithfulness of God and how he showed up when you didn't expect him. When you prayed and, and you really didn't know, but he showed up. He answered the prayer. The faithfulness of God, how he has shown up time and time and time again in your life, in the smallest of ways, in the biggest of ways, he's shown up. And the most important time that he did show up, for those of us that, are, that call ourselves followers of Jesus, is the time when we called out to him and we said, I need a savior. On my own, I'm lost. And you remember that faithfulness of God because he showed up. He showed up through Jesus Christ. He gave new life. In that moment, he is faithful to show up in our lives. Remember that. Remember that time when, you know, have there been the times when you, you woke up on a Sunday morning and you just, you showed up to church and you really were like, I don't even want to be here. And, and then the next thing you know, it's as if no one else is the room in the room except you and God. And he spoke to your soul, to your spirit, and answered the question, met the need, comforted the hurt. God is faithful to do that. Remember that. This is what David did. This is what David did. He, he, yes, I'm discouraged. Yes, I'm sad. But I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to praise my God, my Savior. He dared to hope. He dared to hope. We have two choices. Sadness, stay in it, remain in it, swim in it, do cannonballs in it. Let it be just your everything. Or choose to praise your God, your Savior, the one who is faithful. Let's pray together. Father, I'm aware that there are so many people that just live with this, with a constant state of sadness, a constant state of, of either uh, regret or, or grief. God, I pray that today, right now, in your presence, in the presence of your Holy Spirit, that you would do just a supernatural work in us. And Lord, we would feel your presence. We would feel your comfort. We would feel your promise. We would depend on it. God, because I know you did not create any one of us to live in sadness. You did not create any one of us to, to remain in that state forever and ever and ever. 
God, we can come to you. We can come to you through Jesus Christ. And just as we are, just as we are, God, and you are faithful to bring us joy. You are faithful to bring us peace. You are faithful to bring us hope. God, I pray today that we would choose to put our hope in you. All these pieces, broken and scattered, in mercy gathered, mended and whole, empty-handed, but not forsaken, we have been set free. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.